0: It's the Alexandra and Friends podcast, and we're covering the everyday issues of life, health, and wealth. And as always, we have a great panel of experts with us. Here is your host, Alexandra Fincher.
1: Welcome to Alexandra and Friends, 660 The Answer. This show is brought to you by Miller Title, Roberto Pettis. Thank you for joining us every Saturday night like you usually do to listen to our program and listen to our wonderful guests that we bring every week for you. This evening, we don't have Courtney, and we do not have um, V. But we have a very special guest and some wonderful guests that are being in our studio tonight. My uh, producer is going to be working with me this evening, so you'll be listening to Michael Clark. Good evening. Good evening. And we have a very special guest by the name of Roderick Smith, and he'll be joining us tonight. Good evening. How are you?
2: I'm doing fine. How are you doing? Thank you so much for being
1: here this evening. And I I hope you put up with us because uh, Michael is a tough producer.
0: okay? Okay. (laughs)
1: Well, let's talk a little bit. Michael, how was your weekend?
0: My weekend was fabulous.
1: Well, thank you. Hey, do you think we can listen to our Pledge of Allegiance?
0: I think that we can do that. Let's do that right now. Let's
1: do that right now. We'll be right back. And please enjoy this Pledge of Allegiance. And this is by the Young Clark family. Enjoy it.
3: I I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States States of America. America. And to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for
0: all. Wasn't that wonderful?
1: It was wonderful, and I hope you enjoyed it. These children are amazing. They're homeschool also. Mr. Clark makes sure that their children learn all about the Pledge of Allegiance, the Constitution, and the love for America. So anyway, Michael, what did you think about the um, uh, Olympics
0: I so far. didn't catch very much of it. I know the closing ceremony happened this past uh, Monday, was it? And um, I saw some cool stuff that I liked, like the rock climbing. Oh. Those people were incredible, getting up those walls in like three or four seconds. Ooh. That was nuts. But the rest of it, I know, like, I didn't pay attention. But did you Sorry. see
1: Israel got a lot of gold medals?
0: I did see that. Uh-huh. I saw the medal count uh-huh. was uh, uh-huh. pretty good like that.
1: And America beat. China on medals too. Um,
0: Was it overall medals or was it just gold?
1: I think it was overall, but gold. Okay. And you know, that was impressive because it was a challenge with Mm -hmm. so many issues that happened, but also I saw the ratings were very poor. Yeah. Why do you think?
0: Oh, I have no idea. Alexandra, what do you think?
1: I think it's because of the young, the young people today are in a different world. And it was such a convulsion of things happening. But what, you know, I also, when I saw the, some of the, um, Olympians not wanting to uh, uh, to wrestle with an Israeli or things like that. I think we started to take political into games, Olympics, football. And I think it's starting to just really depress people on those things. And I think they just shun it off.
0: Right. If Olympics was a politics-free time and they presented it without any kind of bias like that, then I think more people would watch because there would be an escape from the way politics is injected to everything else.
1: Well, talking about politics, I want to um, talk about Larry Elder, oh, yeah. running for governor in California. He's doing a
0: great job, Ooh, isn't
1: he? Wow. When is the election? September mm, 12th or yummy. 13th? But I think for a young man who's 70 years old.
0: Young man, yeah.
1: He looks dynamic. He's a lawyer. He's got such an amazing, he's a writer, an author. Mm-hmm. And he's got uh, just so much energy.
0: And he must have a little bit of crazy in him too, if he stuck it out in in Los Angeles in California for this long. That's crazy.
1: And he's also on our on our station, Six Sixty The Answer, true. every afternoon. Right, the he's Larry got Elder. That, he's
0: got somebody filling in for him while he's running his campaign.
1: Uh, his name Carl is Carl
0: Jackson. Carl Jackson. Yes.
1: Oh my gosh, he's amazing. He's also. pretty good too, isn't he? Oh, he's he's amazing. Very very uh, eclectic person. So I love that. And also, I I, I understand that. Um, He's uh, really needing some money so we can put a little bit of dollars into his bank. Because they are really bringing a lot of money mm-hmm. to fight him,
0: right? But, if you think California is not a lost cl- lost cause, you should go ahead and then, and put a little money. He it what was it,
1: yesterday? He kept saying nickel, nickel, and uh, just drop a nickel. <laughs> he just was amazing. Yeah. But to think about this, Amanda, he, he
0: might mean He might mean five hundred dollars. Oh, is that what he's talking yeah, about? I don't know.
1: But you know, to to just listen to to what's happening in California, which is a very very difficult situation. People are moving out of California. Yeah. They're coming to Texas. And drove. We well, love it. Well, they have we been for the it. past decade. So, Larry Elder, you could come and be the governor in Texas, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, well,
0: it might be an improvement.
1: <laughs> All right. This is going to be a crazy night this evening. Well, we also uh, want to talk a little bit about Dallas County Judge Clay Jenkins. It looks like uh, he's going to issue an emergency um, mask mandate.
0: Oh, Clay J.
1: Oh, well, I think he's got, uh, he wants to run for president or for governor, because I tell you, this is going to be very difficult for the children. Kids start today's school and they had to go with masks.
0: What's he, what campaign would his slogan be if he was running for governor?
1: Hide your face?
0: Or president. Yeah, hide your face. (laughs) Bow to Mao. Something like that.
1: (laughs) Well, the, the problem I have is that children with masks just cannot accomplish Life anymore. There
0: I mean. is so many things that that there's wrong with that, like health wise and psychologically uh, learning disabilities develop if the young kids don't see your face or see each other's faces and they're not vectors for the virus. It just doesn't make sense
1: well and i think you know he's going over the uh, governor's mandate of no mask necessary mm-hmm. and now you have a judge that said yes mm-hmm. i think what's becoming now is that there's no rule to, no rule to the law or no law to the rules mm-hmm. it's just anybody can do anything if 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 the if if the judge says no they're going to change over here to yes it doesn't mm-hmm. matter so i think uh, the control of dallas county is a huge county Right. Everybody to start wearing masks. You watch what's going to happen to the restaurants again. We're we're going to get back right to where we were, in March in April.
0: Well, I've heard some radio hosts saying that that's not a hill to die on. That that's not a fight that you should be fighting. That you should just walk your kids to school and put their masks on like a good little Roman. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I said uh, no. I said that a long time ago when I pulled my kids out to homeschool. But I say that they can't suspend all the kids. If 20 out of 30 kids comes to school without a mask, you think they're going to suspend 20 kids? If they do, they're going to start losing money because the kids are going to get pulled out of school.
1: Well, one of the things I think more people are starting to do homeschooling like you are, and you know Billy Mathis, who's with, with Salem Communication, I got to spend a little bit of time with him and his wife. Mm-hmm. What an amazing... I mean, it's just amazed me what, what you can do with your children and how smart they are. And I think we had his, uh, what, his son's little... The, a poem that he wrote. Right. Was he that at some, Christmas time? Uh, no, that was for the president of the United States. He had wrote it I think it, it was a poem about the, how he loved America. Okay. But uh, you know, today I, I just, it, it's, it's bothering me because you know, here we are three months ago, we went, our economy was going now. We, at least we're having some people working also at uh, the, um, uh, the moratorium for people for rental payments. You know, right. we go right back, so you don't have to pay, pay for your rent if right. you don't want to. Uh huh. But what's going to happen to the people that own the properties?
0: I mean, exactly. what about
1: us? What about me?
0: There's lots of middle class people that own properties.
1: That's right. So, so what what is what is our guest going to do if, if if he does if the people don't pay the rent to his home?
0: We go into a different business.
1: I tell you, it's getting very dangerous. There, I yeah. saw some people haven't paid any rent in one year. Yeah. And now they're upset because they're going to have to pay rent. Oh, well, I think we're going to talk a little bit about our guest coming in this evening. We're uh, Mr. Roderick Smith. I think we're going to bring him on on the next segment here.
0: Right. Well, uh, we we'll got about four up. minutes left.
1: So we got four minutes left. So I oh, want. So what do you think about um, the kids having to go to school today with a mask? I really want to hear your voice.
0: I thought you were going to get to Cuomo.
1: I, well, I'm going to get to Cuomo in just a second. I think. Okay. I think what I'm seeing here is that uh, this. Um, the situation with with Judge Clay Jenkins is really becoming. He's trying to run the.
0: He's gotten quite to be quite the little authoritarian, hasn't
1: he? The, yeah. So you know, I'm looking here. So the the judge now he had gone to court. The judge said, "Don't worry about the governor. It doesn't matter. You go ahead and and do the Dallas County." So right. So I guess we now we have another master. Right. Besides Biden. Mm.
0: You know, other than the anxiety. The developmental issues, you know, I've even heard a British study say that if kids aren't, uh, if kids are masked up, then the facial features may not develop the same way if you're masked up eight hours a day. And what about acne? And what about the kids touching their face more often, adjusting the mask than they would before?
1: Well, and I think we also... How does that help? But I also have to say that a a lot of this, a lot of this, COVID has come from the people coming in and the, from other countries without vaccines.
0: I think Roderick has on Oh, yeah.
2: No, I'm, Roderick. I'm, hey, I'm sorry. Yeah. We need
1: to bring Roderick in. He's our yeah. guest today. And, and we were just talking away. We forgot all about Roderick Smith. Uh, yes. Ron. Yeah.
2: And, uh, I'm just curious about like, if you're, we have a natural way of dealing, you know, developing our immune system, a natural way of developing our immune system. Correct. And being exposed is that challenge to, uh, you know, pick up germs from other kids, Mm -hmm. your immune system gets stronger. You know, if you go to Mexico and try to drink the water, you're not a, you're not going to be able to do it as an American, but they drink it perfectly fine. Correct. So it's like, if you're putting these masks on these kids, what are you stopping their immune system from developing? Is it really healthier? Mm -hmm. And I've always wondered that. And there's no studies on that. No one's talking about vitamins. There is
0: one study on the masks concerning that issue. And you know what the results were? Inconclusive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we're forcing these kids to do something that's inconclusive.
1: Well, that's what we do in this country now. We just force everybody. Yes. I I was reading about 1938 when we started doing all the vaccines and Mm. forcing you to do those things. So um, it's becoming very social in our country and it's very dangerous right now. It just, I think that um, we're we're losing it. Mm -hmm. So we need to stand up and start fighting back for our rights, our freedom, and everything else that goes with it.
0: And people that are in favor of all these lockdowns and masking and and forced vaccinations, they're wondering why it's so controversial. They're wondering why we don't trust government to do government does not have a good track record. Just study your history. Mm -hmm. No government has a good track record of saying of uh, enforcing these kind of things and people coming away alive. they're, They're dead because, you know, they'll resist and then you put them in camps and then they die.
1: Well, that's the problem. It's like that's you know, history. That's history, and it's there, and it's gonna, you know, they say never have history repeat, and it does repeat over Absolutely. and over and over it, because we are not, impa- we're impacting our children. So, well, so what about Cuomo? What do you think? Uh-huh. <laughs> Adios, Senor. Oh
0: my gosh, that guy has an ego the size of Manhattan.
1: Well,
2: doesn't he?
1: Let's ask Rod since he's going to be our guest now. What do you sure. think about that situation? I mean, he's he's done. What are your thoughts?
2: I mean, it's kind of ironic that he was making all these laws for, you know, uh, the Me Too movement and then you get caught up in the Me Too. Right. <laughs> That's, That's why, why it's it called Me Too. Yeah, Me Too, you're guilty as well, sir.
1: You're guilty as well. Well, I'll tell you, it's it, I think it's it's so sad because yesterday, I don't know if you ever heard if you heard him talking about how sorry he was. He didn't mean to touch the people punch him and when when he goes to I guess the
0: report was one of the uh, does he not think that his interviews are recorded (laughs) this is exactly the opposite of what he was saying the week before
1: well uh he was oh talking about how he punches you when you he's walking by and he Uh touching you and all those things he was sorry he didn't mean to he never thought it was he never thought it was sexual but it was just you know and he just didn't think he was doing anything wrong uh-huh. So, oh, uh, sure. And, you know, so but it looks like the young lady that's taking over uh, the lieutenant governor is going to be
0: a little better, a little
1: better. Okay. So I hope she doesn't go around <laughs> punching anybody. <laughs>
0: that would be. Yeah, that would be awkward, wouldn't it? Well, I, I think so. What do you think about the, the governor? I mean, the uh, mayor of New York City banning uh, people from going into businesses unless they are vaccinated.
1: Well, that's happening everywhere, I think. It's just now, did you see where, uh, I think, at a football uh, game that you have to have your card to show that you have been vaccinated? Which
0: football game? Not here I in have, Dallas. No I, was,
1: no, I was reading some, so many news, different news, but I was reading mm-hmm. something last night. But pretty soon, if you walk to a restaurant, you're going to have to take your passport. So I'm going to stick it to my passport and go around. And, and of course, you
0: know, the largest, you know the largest population in America that is not vaccinated, right?
1: Is the black community. Correct. And so we're going to ask uh, Rod what he thinks about this. We have an exciting evening today besides Rod Smith, which is our formal guest. We have a very wonderful young man who just graduated from Army school Friday morning. His name is Joshua Sung, and he's here today so we can congratulate him and welcome him. And he's a new Army um, cadet. And uh, we'll let him come talk to him. And also, my co-host today is going to be Young Sung, who is the city councilman for Carrollton, and also my f- partner in real estate and many of and many other areas. How are you doing, Young? Sung? Good. Son? How are you? You didn't know you were going to be my co-host today, did no, you? No, I
4: didn't. It was so it started okay. here.
2: <laughs>
1: well, I'm glad you. I'm glad you showed up <laughs> because this is a great evening. So let me bring you to this evening to. Um, our, our regular guest, who is by the name of Rod, Roderick. His real name is Roderick Smith, but he goes by Rod. Good evening, Rod. How are you? I'm doing fine. I know you've I'm been Andrew. already in some doing? of our shows today, but thank you so much for being here today. We want to talk a little bit about, tell us about your name, where you're from, where you're going to school, all the good things about your life.
2: All right. Uh, my name is Roderick Smith. I do go by Rod. Um, I'm originally from East Texas, a small town Marshall. Wow. Yeah, and um, I grew up in Carthage. I graduated from Carthage. For most of my life I lived, or early life until I was about 11, I lived in Dallas. And my mother passed, and I ended up going home to East Texas, where we were from, and finished out in Marshall. You know, kind of once I got down there, I kind of understood that there's going to be a lot of responsibility on me to get things done as a small child, because we had so many family members down there.
1: So you were raised by your grandmother?
2: In between my grandmother and my mother's sister. My grandmother was probably the largest influence on me. Um, she's a kind of old school grandmother. You know, she's pushing 90 now. So her tolerance for a lot of things that I had learned. She was, she had to mold me into somebody else once I got down there with her.
1: So where did you graduate from school?
2: Uh, Carthage High School.
1: And that's where? In,
2: in Carthage, Texas.
1: In Carth- oh, wow, I never yeah. heard of that.
2: Yeah, oh population gosh. of like a thousand people. Maybe.
1: Wow, I'm in Marshall, Texas. I've I've been there. It's Harrison County, yeah. and so. Oh, did you go to college?
2: Uh, I did. I went to TSTC. Um, graduated with uh, an associates there. Uh, did some time at UTD. I never finished. I went directly into the workforce as soon as I came into Dallas. So,
1: wow. Who did you go to work for right after you graduated?
2: Um, initially I went. When I was in East Texas, I lived in a place in called Longview for a while.
1: Longview, Texas? Longview, mm-hmm. Texas, Oh, yes. my God. Yes. He's yes. lived in some amazing little town.
2: <laughs> and so they had a, a LL, uh, what was it called, AOL Center? Yeah, so I worked, started out, my first job was with AOL. Then I relocated, well, I probably hopped around a few jobs there, um, Vertech Industries, and then I got up here and somehow landed a job with Parole Systems. And I think Perot that was my assistant. big. Yeah, wow. that was probably like my biggest move. Wow! Uh, so, what were you
1: do with Perot?
2: <laughs> um, well, I started out on a level two desk, um, just handling their calls, basically for their tenant hospital. And then later on, I went from Dell, went to Tenant, um, and I just kind of stayed in there for like the last ten years, somewhere between supporting Tenant and then actually working for Tenant, moving from Tenant to Dell, back to Dell to Tenant. So I just kind of hovered around there for the last 10 years.
1: Wow. So uh, how long have you been in the Dallas area?
2: I've been in Dallas for about 18 years.
1: 18 years.
4: So
2: you look... you. You look young. What do you mean? How old are you
4: now? I'm forty. I'm <laughs> <You're> forty. <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> so you're Jack of all trades, master of none so far. Yeah, so whoa, far. Whoa. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so uh, that's who I am. So that's yeah, that's, that's the way right. you are.
1: <laughs> so so we uh, so I uh, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Did you were you uh, the only child, or were there other
3: uh,
2: children
1: involved? Tell us a little bit about your history. Were you God? How did you decide to be what you are today?
2: Okay. So it was just me and my mother. She was a single mother. Um, She died of cancer. And so it was me and her when we were in Dallas. And so she was sick for so long that it came upon me to kind of help out at like eight years old. You know, I had Mm. to go figure out a way to get us food, um, go to school, you know, and I was a horrible student at that point in time because she wasn't standing over me so if I had to go out and figure out a way to get a little money, then I would just go out, get money at eight years old. And it didn't help that I wear like, I look like Steve Urkel as a kid, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I wear, I'm very blind. I wear these thick glasses, wow. And um And so it didn't really help. Cause I didn't look like a tough kid. So I right. I had to run from a lot of people. We stayed in like <laughs> South Dallas. Oh, so it was kind of horrible. Um, after she passed, showing you a picture, Steve. <laughs> um, after she passed, I, I had to go stay in East Texas, which was kind of new because I didn't really spend a lot of time. I, I saw my grandmother every summer, but the remainder of the family, I really did not know. Um, and I just kind of figured out there that I'm going to have to fend for myself there as well. And, you know, that's what kind of drove me to kind of learn things as I go on the fly and, and kind of push the jack-of-all-trades type of thing.
1: Oh, I've got a question to ask you because you're so talented. I've known you for about seven years. And when I first met you, I was so impressed with you uh, because of your work ethics. Uh, as a young African-American young man, do you find yourself that you hear some people, they put you in little boxes and you hear some people, young, black, young men, just cannot figure out what's going on in life. What do you think about that? You're so smart. You You've done everything on your own. What do you what is what is the circumstance of, of life with you? Do you feel like you you earned it, or that you you earned it, or that it's being given to you, um, the benefits of life?
2: Uh, definitely earned, definitely earned it. Um, I think with the black community and maybe like younger black people, one thing that was not exposed to me was television. My grandmother did not tolerate it. No. No, you know, like rap videos. No, we were very religious. So every Saturday, Sunday. Now, I kind of got to grow up on both sides. My mom's side of the family didn't care what I did. So I could go anywhere. And I think at an early age, I came to realize I got in a lot less trouble if I followed my grandmother's path versus doing what I wanted when I wanted. And I think that's a I think TV, social media, I think it's a big conditioning form for what they want people to see.
1: Well, tell us about your education because you Sam, you have so many items that you are bringing to the table. So tell us a little bit about all your studies. Cause I know that you're in the, you've been in, you're a barber and I want to hear all about yeah, all your doing.
2: trades and all traits. your <laughs> trades are yeah. important. Right. We so hear. most of the, like I started out, I think the longest thing I've been doing is probably um, mechanics And that's just because I had, like, a very horrible car. My first car was a (laughs) 1981 Fairmont. It looks like a refrigerator on wheels. (laughs) (laughs) Now, a lot of power. It looks like a refrigerator on wheels. Um, So that thing thing tore up on a constant basis. I figured out I could go to, um, like, I think we have O'Reilly's maybe down there. And I could buy the book and figure it out. And then I just came to understand that, yo, if I read it, I can learn it. So anything that I could find a book on and read, I would just learn how to do. And so I just kind of went into, you know, I went to college. I didn't really like the format because it was a lot like high school for me. They taught you a bunch of stuff. By the time you got out, it was useless. So I kind of went for trades, but I was busy trying to make money, survive. So I'm just learning things on the fly. Um, So I went with mechanics. I did personal training for a while. Um, so every summer as I was working, I would learn a new skill. Um, and then I kind of got into photography and it stuck with me cause I like art. I like to uh, catch images. I like to draw and it kind of brought me back into the art world. And then barbering was something I've always wanted to do because of my sons. You know, I want to keep my sons looking good. I want to, you mm-hmm. know,
1: well, you look very handsome. You look very handsome today. Yeah, I
2: cut my own hair, so I'm very proud about oh, it, right. <laughs> on good. the sides.
1: Well, be sure that you tell Young Sung you, so you can uh, cut well, his I hair. Used,
2: I use use lawnmower to cut my hair.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you are a barber and, yeah. you, and official. Wow. Official barber now. O- official barber. So do you have a barbershop yet?
2: I have not. I'm working on that now. I'm looking to start a photography studio in a barbershop, so Oh that's so cool. Yeah, so I'm just trying to work. That have, do do your do your uh,
1: do your photography before you have your haircut and then do it afterwards. Would that be fun? Yeah, I would, love yeah. it. Before
2: and after. <laughs> yeah, that would be awesome.
1: Well, so my question to you is and I'm going to get back to the um the social media today. What do you expect of life? What do you want to do when you grow up? What is the what do you look for in your life?
2: I think my biggest goal right now is to put my sons in a situation where the they didn't have to work like I had to work. I think I spent way too much time in corporate America. And like I was telling my son the other day, I would like for you, your sisters, to all have your own thing so you can live your own dreams.
1: Wow. Mm. So in America, it's, everybody has a dream and we can make it happen. Young Absolutely. son, what do you think? of uh, you, you were raised in the same situation as Rod. So what do you think? do you think it's it's an amazing story to be able to do what you need to do on your own?
4: Yeah, I, I mean that's an incredible story, it's an amazing story, and, and then you know, a little bit of the challenges that as uh, you grew up in the year, you know, the, the neighborhood you grew up and I grew up here in the city of Carlton in nineteen seventy nine. I came here in, to United seventy seven. You know, back then was uh you know, when there was a pre pretty, predominant pretty white community up there uh, there and I was one one of I was mm-hmm. not, so there was being a lot of so much challenges and discrimination going through the motion, and everything I do, I have to do twice, three times better mm-hmm. to be where I am and fight through it. And one thing for sure is to never give up, never give up. You know.
1: And I think it was this language situation too. Yeah,
2: so. Yes,
4: yeah. it was. It was definitely language barrier. So you couldn't yeah. can speak English, word of English, and trying to go through that and what heavy accent. Yeah. Okay, so you, you didn't hear i mean i can go through you know there wasn't really no e s l classes available at the time hmm. and going through that motion Then, you know you you just didn't understand i'm not it's not because i was dumb but i just didn't understand and it was it was misunderstood yeah yeah, yeah. so
1: so rod, what do you think about um what, your business as you as you start doing getting ready for your barbershop and your, um are you trying to leave corporate america is that what you're thinking?
2: Uh, yeah, pretty much once the pandemic came around um, and I ended up getting furloughed. And then I, as I, I noticed, because of the department I worked in, is that the particular company I was working for took in all of that government money, but yet they still oh. furloughed half of their staff.
1: Does, is, doesn't that make you think, okay, the government <laughs> takes the money from us
2: mm-hmm.
1: and then they take it to Washington and then Washington decides, you know, to give money out to the big bosses, and then the big bosses forget. They furlough people like you and like young or like me, so that they can keep the money. Exactly. And then, so that's when you start your own business. So that's why America has the best smallest businesses there is, exactly. because that's what makes America. And I also would like to introduce a young man that is here tonight who just graduated from the United States Army School. On Friday, his father is Mr. Young Sung sitting next to him, and this is Joshua Sung. How are you, Josh?
3: Doing good. Well, Great tell us a little here. bit.
1: What? How old are you?
3: I'm 24.
1: 24. You look like you're 17. <laughs>
3: Thank you. You're just you. like
1: Rod. You know, he's 40 and he looks <laughs> like he's 20. <laughs> so, tell us a little bit. What? When did you join the the military? When did you graduated Friday? Right.
3: That is correct. I joined last November, 2020. 2020
1: yes. and tell us so what made you get into the military?
3: Uh, it's been a rough roller coaster, I'd say um last year, around springtime, I just graduated from college and but that's when the pandemic hit and everybody was isolated, quarantined. It was this rough time where I was in a you know predicament where it's like, do I find a job? This is a rough time, so it was really difficult just trying to apply. As I applied, I was rejected or I was told that they didn't have enough room. But all in all, my friend called me over the phone and we were in the same situation. We graduated in the springtime, same time. And he told me, hey, Josh, I'm going to join the army. And I was like, oh, that's amazing, dude. I don't think I'm going to do that, but you, you do you. He's like, but you should really join me. I was like, let me, let me pray about it, you know? Let, let me see. Let me think about it. And just a week later, I call him again. I said, hey, I'm joining, you know? Oh, how in, wonderful. In faith, I told God, like, do I really want to do this? Because joining the Army is like the very last option that I would have thought to be going into as a job. So I obeyed. And in faith, I took that leap. And it was an amazing experience through boot camp. And now my advanced individual training. There's a lot of rough humps along the way, but it's been a good experience so far.
1: Excellent, and uh, and so where are you going from here?
3: Going from here, as in like military. military. Yeah. Okay. Um.
1: You're on vacation right now, Until t- right, right. Monday, Sunday. Not, not. You're not going to go party right now. So it's too short.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, so my next step right now is. Going into my first duty station in mm-hmm. Korea,
4: so you're going to be at the Camp Humphreys in South Korea. Camp Humphreys in wow. South Korea, one wow. of the biggest. Well, we'll be
1: waving Korea. to you every Saturday night and saying hello, Josh. <laughs> you're listening to our show.
4: Right. <laughs> well, t- t- tell us about a little bit about your so you're going to be in what uh intel. So what I
3: what training I went through, individual training I went through was being job qualified to be a military all-source intelligence analyst. Very good. And Excellent. That's basically what, what we trained for was basically, they call us, quote-unquote, PowerPoint rangers. So we get all this intel, all this information from all these other intelligence groups, mm-hmm. and then we form it up, we merge it into a PowerPoint, and... We brief it to the higher commanders, what the commanders need to know to prep for a battlefield.
1: Well, I'm going to say something to you, Josh. I grew up in a military home. My mother was a World War II vet. Mm-hmm. My father was the military. My my grandfather was Navy. The first born here was my mother. But my son was in the Army. Uh, my nephew, we were all, I married military. So I think you're serving the country that you love so much. And we all serve in different ways. Right. Rod serves with with his work and doing things that needs to be done here, and you're going to serve by protecting our country, which is we thank you for that and thank you for for making that decision. Because I thought you were going to be you were going into um, ministry, right? Was was that your thought that at one was time?
3: My very that was your thought first to go thought into ministry at first. Yeah,
1: and I noticed something else that you you talk about God and prayer, and Rod is this is very much the same way. The power for him is. God, God is very powerful. Is that wrong?
2: Yes, ma'am. Yes,
4: ma'am. Now, I, I want Joshua to share with you, your your faith that uh, that happened. In that when you, do, you were doing a 10-mile, ten mile ten mile journey there, yeah, uh, what happened? To share it with that so, faith that you went through.
3: So during my time during boot camp, it was very rough because it was a very new experience to me. All this phys- physical exercise that I'm not used to. Or anything my yeah, like mom was
1: feeding you all that <laughs> Korean food at home, mm, yeah,
3: too good, <laughs> gotta sweat it all out, <laughs> so yeah, the drill sergeant's yelling at us and everything, and it was very you know at some points, I just want to break uh, break down and just like mental breakdown, just you know just you know, you know we'll fight back against these drill sergeants, but I know there will be way bigger consequences, so you know, so through that um disciplining and just being able to say stay still so every time we had a field training exercise um we would have to ruck march to that field training area it would be from four miles six miles i believe and then the last one was 10 miles and during that last 10 mile rug march um back to our barracks to finally finish up boot camp you know I really hate rug marching. It's very painful towards my back and my shoulders. And we were just carrying like about 50 to 100 pounds. And Mm -hmm. we have our army vest on with our, you know, weapons carrying Mm -hmm. with our helmets and everything.
4: And that that was 10 mile march. That 10
3: mile rug march felt like nothing for some reason. Like no weight. I felt like I was just.
1: God was carrying you.
3: God was just right next to me, just lifting up that. Um, backpack all the way. And I just, you know, you knew
1: that was the right place to be when you were
3: right.
1: Well, see, God does amazing things and God is so good. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go back to Rod for just a second and talk a little bit about a question that I had when we, when we took a break. Um, So Rod, you have twins, you have children and you're not married, correct? Yes, ma'am. But what is your involvement with your, because you hear so many homes, their parents, uh, the parents are not married and the father is away. The mother is not, you know, they just, their children become secondary. Do you, what do you, what do you do with your children? You spend a lot of time with them. You raise, you're raising them. You are part of the children.
2: Yes, ma'am. And as you remember, when we met, my biggest goal was to get my house as closest to the mother's house. Yes. I remember uh, that
1: very clearly. Yes.
2: Yeah. And it's, it's always an interesting dance because you have to have a leader and it's, you know, the ideal of co-parenting is great, but, you gotta have to give way to one parent to the other. Um, so we're lucky enough that we're really good friends and we were friends before they were born and we're friends now. And so unfortunately, they're not always in the house with me, but I do spend as much time as I can. I try to take them on my jobs, my shoots. Um, you know, I cut their hair every week. Um, But you're a barber. Yeah, I'm a barber. Plus, I I, and I just go through there. Like I can just. We have a relationship with the mom where I can just show up and just we may eat breakfast. But you're raising your children. Yeah, you want the best for them.
1: Because I remember when I first met you, we looked at homes that were had to be like a mile away from where your children were. Yes, and we did. And so that was that's what caught my my attention with you at that time because you keep hearing all these children being raised in, in single parent homes. And what happens is a lot of the parents forget that they have children. Yeah. And there's, I think that's where the cost is today, where all you see is children in the streets and the crime rate because they do not have supervision. Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure out. They might not live together, but you need to have that parenting together, don't you?
2: That's correct. That's correct. So I'm more of the authoritarian side. I get the reports of who acted bad, who didn't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, And she's more of, let's go have fun. Oh. So I, I gotta accept my job. That's all it
1: is. That sounds like young son. Yeah.
2: That, <laughs> well, I'm the nice guy.
1: So you you raised two children, right? You got yes.
4: I have uh, my son Joshua here and also a daughter Jessica. Uh, two uh, one son, one daughter.
1: One son, one daughter, and a beautiful wife, Susan Young. Mm-hmm. So what? Um, so what? Uh, what is your favorite things that you do now, Rod? That your besides your hobbies, what what do you like to do most? You
2: no, know, getting out of corporate for this long has been I was
1: trying to get Mm -hmm.
2: like everything feels great at this point in time so doing the photography I say photography is my hardest um and I still like working on cars I'll take a few jobs working on cars or if I can help somebody out that's kind of always been one of the things that I've really loved doing um and you know just Anything with the boys, you know, I'm trying to teach one of them how to box now. So, oh wow, he's, wow, he's, he's keep picking it up. Um, yeah, he's the one with asthma, so he's kind of like, I'm gonna die trying. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
1: trying. So, what, uh, what, how old are they?
2: They are 12 now, they just turned 12 in July.
1: They go to school where,
2: uh, Richardson, good Forest school. Ridge, very good school district, yeah, very good.
1: So, are you, you said you were thinking you'd love to have uh, homeschooling.
2: Yeah, if it was possible, I think with the current climate, I would prefer to have them at home.
1: So, yeah. what are you going to do with uh? What is the? What are you going to do with your photography studio? You, I have seen some of the pictures you have taken, and the ladies. Uh, uh I think you do a lot of ladies mm-hmm. models and stuff like that. I, I think you you capture their heart, yes, which yeah. is so amazing. So, tell tell me about your passion. And I think you traveled a couple of years ago and you went and and Uh, I think it was in Seattle or somewhere.
2: I went to Spain.
1: Spain. Oh, my God. Yeah, I went to Spain and
2: I went to um, Paris and did some shooting there. So it was just like a trip just to get out. And I think I had a job there. Actually, I had a friend who was getting married in Spain. And then there was this big hiccup with the airline and I kind of missed it. But I did get the end of the wedding. So that was pretty cool. And they funded most of that trip for the Spain part.
1: So being an African-American young man, I think that um, you have a lot to aspire. I just think that you are an amazing young man. And I think you can teach so many young people that are in the communities that they can be the best they can be because you've done it. Josh mm-hmm. has done it. He's a Korean young man. Young has done it. And I think it's so important to bring this to This is why my, I love my show. We talk about life, health, wealth, and and love that you can bring a story of where you started and where you're going to end. Mm -hmm. And so these are important things for people to listen because there is always a story in your life. So Rod, what is your story now as you grow up?
2: Uh, As I grow up right now, I'm just trying to find, I guess, financial freedom to do what I really, really want to do as far as with my children And like I said, I was speaking to my son and I was like, you know, I've been away so long because I have to work and I'm trying to put you in a position that you don't have to do that.
1: So you're teaching him the value of work.
2: Teaching Well, I'm more teaching him the value of family. I think we spend more time, you know, like I said, I don't want them to work for a corporation. If we have our own family business, then they're with me.
1: We have an amazing guest here tonight. We have a co-host, Young Sung, city councilman from Carrollton, Texas, also a broker in real estate, and my associate in many other situations. Uh, Young Sung, why don't you introduce your son?
4: Yes, yeah, so we have him here with uh, my son, Josh. Well, some product proud of him. <laughs> graduating from Army School for Intel, and then now he's going to South Korea for his uh, duty assignment.
1: South Korea, huh? Mm-hmm. Well, so Josh, how are you, are you enjoying your time here? I know Mom tried to cook for you yesterday, and you didn't show up. <laughs> I heard all about it. So, What are you doing for the next few days while you're here?
3: Um, A lot of my friends want to hang out and just catch up and just tell my story to them, basically. Very
1: good. You're going to bring them in, huh? (laughs) So, Rod, what causes are you passionate about and what are you uh, planning on doing in the future? Are you planning on politics? You you, you remind me a lot of Larry Elder. (laughs) I love Larry Elder. And he's going to be the next governor of California. And I'm endorsing him. He's a 660 also host. Uh, Radio host every day in the afternoon.
2: Yeah, I don't know about politics. It's crossed my mind, um, but I have to work out to Kingston, understand how that goes. I'm sure you can help me and he oh, can yes. help me as well. Ask him, ask him. Um, currently just getting the studio up and running, um, getting the shop up and running is my major goal right now. As far as um causes, I'm really big for the elderly, being so close to my grandmother um, and definitely abuse children. Oh. So those two are something that I look at. And, you know, maybe with this time away from corporate and working for myself, I have a little bit more time to delve into those. Um, literally in a week, I was probably working, you know, 60 hours between the two or three jobs. You know, it's just crazy.
1: And that takes a lot of time. And, and it seems like on small businesses, we got to work harder and, and, and but it's more, uh, heartwarming for us because we earn everything that we do so I, I understand because I work mm-hmm. 80 hours a you know, week so and also
2: for a smaller business you don't have to abide by those rules that, that busy time if I don't if I have that free time I can take it and then spend with my sons or bring them in it's just it's just a more pleasurable thing to get up to in the morning than working for someone else
1: well I, I'm i sure that it's amazing when you work for yourself and the, the, it's gratifying and yeah. especially are you um and and I know you're a religious young man also in many ways. That's and right. so what um what do you think it has it has a big impact in your life?
2: Um as far as religion, mm-hmm. I just know that, you know, everything's possible through God. So everything will winds up being possible. He has a plan for you. You just have to execute your part of it and you'll get to where you need to get to.
4: Yes, I, I'm inspired by what you just saying. That's it's, it's it's amazing that you, you had a you know challenging life, but still doing so much satisfying. Happy, you're happy with the way you are and the way where you're going with this your life.
1: I think he would make an amazing school board member or an amazing city councilman. Don't you agree?
4: Absolutely. Looking forward to being joining his race.
1: Right, <laughs> and and you know why? Because remember, you can only make changes. If you are inside, is that correct, young? Yes, you have to be de- inside.
4: Definitely, you just cannot look upsides. Upside, talking about it. You got to go go inside and do it, and and have a sit at the table. Be have a representation mm-hmm. at the city city level and the government level. is 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 incredible feeling, satisfying and gratifying that you can actually do something about it. Do do it actually, rather than talking about it. So yes. I think you could do an ex- excellent job. I mean, hearing about what you did, the, the journey, you, the, the life that you went to, I think you could be an excellent
2: counselor.
1: Your journey is fabulous. Were you, or did you come from a very poor home?
2: Um, growing up, yes, very much so. I remember when I date myself, government cheese, you know, <laughs> the, the one that was like a block that looked like soap. Mm. Um, mm. So it was very you know, hand to mouth kind of situation of figuring out if day-to-day where we're going to eat. And again, with my mother being sick, um, she couldn't get up to go places. She couldn't do anything. So I had to kind of figure out what we were going to do. Now, in East Texas, it was a little bit better because it's a smaller town mm-hmm. and you need less resources to survive. But with the loss of your mother, it's like it wasn't any better, you know.
1: So I'm going to ask you a question, which is a little bit uh, strong. So you actually worked, you lived in the um, uh, government home housing?
2: I don't think we lived in, you know, remember I was 11 when she passed. Um, I don't believe we were in government housing. I believe we had a regular apartment, but we did use government assistance. Okay. And this is back when they had the paper food stamps. We definitely, and it wasn't that she didn't work, it just, she felt ill. No, ill. But
1: that was, the reason I'm asking this question is because a lot of people say, well, we can't get out where we are. But you, you, you struggled through the life and you, got, you, you made sure your mother was well taken care of. You worked to help your mother, mm-hmm. which was very important at your age. You know, you're, you're 10, 11 years old. So when she passed away, you went with your grandmother. Is that correct?
2: Uh, well, the initial plan that I was supposed to go with my grandmother somehow, to be honest, money got involved. And mm-hmm. I ended up, my aunt ended up taking me because there's actually a, a check that comes, you know, your Social oh. Security after they die. And so oh, at that point she decided, that, oh, I'm gonna. Oh my gosh! So, um, but oh. my grandmother never let go of the reins as far as my behavior.
1: Excellent. Well, you you you're an amazing young man. So today, when you as you're raising children, I think you're a great um, hero to be able to go out and talk about your where you come from and where you are today. Because look at you you're handsome, smart, um, heartwarming. And you've got so much to give. And I think that's what you need to look at for the future.
4: And he's mm-hmm. so much talented, too. Very, very
1: talented. I mean, he's, he's working on his real estate license also. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah. He ahead. can
1: come on board. Yeah, he's got five. So he's ahead of you. So, Young, <laughs> so young. what do you think? Don't you think that it's uh, so amazing to see two young people here today mm-hmm. that one's already started his journey and the other one is just getting ready to start his journey your son, uh, Josh, listening to um Rod. What do you think? What do you think as your life has been?
3: Um, so it, like you mentioned, it just my journey just has started. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, built up that foundation, but, um, hearing Rod's story is very encouraging, and just what I got out from it is just from him going from just living in a you know poor environment but never ceasing to give up and seeing him where he is at right now is just very encouraging that, you know, hard work really does pay off. In faith. In faith. Without yes, faith, you faith. cannot do anything. Correct.
1: If you do not have faith and Rod has a lot of faith, I'm um, trust me. When I first met Rod, Rod, he, all he could talk about was getting, getting to that position to be able to buy his home so that he could be close to those children. And at that time, they were like five, four years old, something like yeah, that. Sure. And I was so admired because, you know, you always hear, oh, you know, this young man today, or he's African-American, they don't take care of this, or he's Korean, or he's Vietnamese, or he's white. And he was so intense about this. And that was a very important part for me. And I always think of him as a son. <laughs> we like to go to to lubis and have liver and <laughs> onions. And so I, I'm amazed by what he has come from today. I see him, and he's just like you. He's got a journey that he's got to complete. Mm-hmm. So, so young. What do you think that we have two young people that uh, oh, have of, an amazing
4: future? Yeah, absolutely, and I wish you the, nothing the best, and 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 hope for you the best, and pray for you the best, and mm-hmm. and yeah. and it's right. And for my son, it's his life is just beginning, and and I, I, you know, I try to do my best to raise him and to give everything best for him to so, so he he could succeed. After hearing from Rod here, I think he's kind of a little bit ashamed of what he what he's gone through, what, <laughs> what he, how, how much he's got, so much of that. How much I try to work hard for him to get where he is. Uh, I think he understands a little bit, so I am grateful for for his understanding that what he wants to do with his life a little better.
1: So just for uh, ending the uh, this evening in a in a very special and warm area, what causes are you? thinking about what, you, what are your passions uh, as as the um as you grow up and you, what are you going to do when you grow up
2: um as far as passions go like i said i'm always passionate about art um i want to be able to just incorporate art into everything that i do so i mean barbershops um uh, barber challenges that we have now we have like um Texas is really known for their barbers and mm-hmm. making skilled designs, so I practice that a lot um the art in my studio as far as my photography. I'm trying to switch it totally up to to make everyone in a more positive light as far as like um you know I want to go like find art um because I don't see a lot of that in the black community, especially as far as like... Um, fine beautiful art. art yeah. yeah, beautiful fine mm-hmm. art. Things that people can hang up on the wall, like the kind of old style portraits.
1: still old fashioned.
2: Yeah. And I just, I want to incorporate art and in everything. Like I said, I want to see my sons grow up and have a little more direction than I had. Because... Well, you're doing was...
1: very well. I mean, you know, you might not... I think what you had was faith in God in, in with your grandmother, but grandmothers are yeah. very wonderful.
2: Yes, they are.
4: Yes.
1: They are. So, uh, young, what do you think about this evening? Aren't you glad you're here this evening?
4: I am so glad. That thanks for for invitation. It's, well, we'd like for you to to uh, come uh, uh, more often. Yes, absolutely. The no, Rod's right, uh, story inspires me, encourages me as as well. I think that I think Jashka, uh, my son, got more out of out of that listening to to him story and how blessed well, he is.
1: We're coming to an end of the evening, so I want to just ask everybody a, a little bit at the very end. Josh, since you are, I uh, say, special guest this evening, like Rod, what is your passion, and what are you thinking about the future?
3: My passion um, is just to stop. Um, I've, I'm a guy who've always, you know, been stressing about the future a lot, but I've come to realize from God that I just need to be still and just, you know, worry just just on the present, just work on the present and he will take me to that future. And just my passion is just through this experience of uh, going through boot camp and everything, I just want to be someone who, who people look up to when times are rough and I will be someone to be able to help them, nurture them, you know, and just be a good leader to them. To but we're able.
1: so excited you're here tonight that you took the time uh, to come and visit with us. This is your last week here and we want to thank you for being here tonight. Rod, we love having you here. You're an amazing young man and I hope that we get to see you again mm-hmm. and that you're us news of your new companies. Um, young, thank you so much for filling in tonight and I hope that you come back next Saturday night and be with me. And I want to thank Michael Clark, my producer for jumping in and, and, and being on our first uh, segment of the evening. Um, one of the things I like to talk about. I want to thank Miller Title, uh, Roberto Perez for financing this um, this show. He is our uh, our. Um, oh, I cannot, I know I cannot tell you how uh, it makes me want to cry because he is our sponsor mm-hmm. and uh, he has just really believed in our show and our show is just growing. Yeah. So yeah. If you I- go to our Facebook, Alexander Six Sixty The Answer. Like us. We also have a website, Alexander France, and dot com, and also our email is alexander Alexander friend, 660 at gmail.com.
4: Can I have a last word? No. Here for- <laughs> <laughs> Go no, ahead. So, no, I just want to share something very, very special uh, story that we have because of my son going back to South Korea. But I wanted to share with my, my father, who was born and raised in a Japanese occupation, was a slave to that uh, the colonization. But once that was uh, liberated, and he ended up in the Korean War at eight, 18, 19 years old and he survived as a, as a he's a Korean War veteran. But fast forward to coming to America, our first stop was a, was a 4C Oklahoma. That's where we ended up in Oklahoma. And then again, and fast forward, I have a, I have a son. My son now is graduated from UTD with the criminal justice degree, and he ended up going to U.S. Army. And his his first stop was boot camp, it could have been anywhere in the country, in the U.S. Army base, but he ended up 4C Oklahoma. Yeah his first combat training it now, now that his duty duty first duty assignment is back to south korea cam humphrey's mm-hmm. i mean the, the you know circle of life is, is, is a full circle i cannot be proud you know my father serving u.s uh, not only not u.s but korea, korean army now my son is u.s army going back to korea it's an incredible journey and amazed to just share that with you
1: well, Young, all I can say is next time on our next show, you're going to be our guest uh, speaker and we'll, you can tell us the whole story about your family and you coming to America. Okay. America is the best. It is
4: the Have best. Have a good
1: evening. Thank you so much for listening to our show. This is Alexandra and thank you for having us in your home. Good night.
0: You've been listening to Alexandra and Friends, the podcast. Reach out to us on Facebook at Alexandra and Friends or write us an email, Alexandra and Friends 660 at gmail.com. Be sure to mark us as one of your favorite podcasts so you never miss an episode.